Welcome to the Collective Experiences Society, a podcast celebrating the universal and interconnected human experience. And now, your co-hosts. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your co-host, Parneet. And I'm your other co-host, Nicole. How are you doing today, Nicole? I'm doing actually really well today. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really excited to talk about our topic tonight. Are you? I'm kind of nervous. You know, it's it's something that I think we all deal with and mm-hmm. everyone has experienced it at one point or the other and may not even know what it's called. Yeah, there's like the word for it is so specific. I know. And just to give you everyone an introduction to what we're talking about. Imagine sitting in a boardroom. No. No? No, no. thank you. <laughs> but imagine sitting in a boardroom of other accomplished individuals and discussing a, a, a project or a topic at hand where you know you have the expertise, but you don't believe that you belong there, that you think that you're going to be found out as a fraud and that you don't have the experience to get the job done. Okay, so I'm imagining it mm-hmm. and I am having a panic attack in a certain area. <laughs> <laughs> I like stumbled my words. That's how nervous I'm getting. Well, that feeling that we're, uh, that's making you nervous, it's imposter syndrome. It's the worst. I hate it. It is. It's, it's that feeling that you don't belong and that you're going to be found out as a fraud. That The idea of getting caught. The idea of getting caught at something that you really can't be caught at because it's not true. It's just a lack of confidence. Really, it, at the end of the day, that's what it is. It, it, it totally is. And, you know, um, like Michelle Obama said when she was talking about imposter syndrome, you do belong. You really do. And it's having that mindset. Oh, totally. Um, have you ever felt this way, Nicole? I feel this way every single day of my life. Okay, so I can think of a few examples, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you guys my whole life story. This, that's for my therapist, not for you guys. Um, so, as we all know, I went to a fashion college, and I was a social media marketing major when I was there. And on my first day of one of my classes, I sat next to this girl. She was so nice. We were having like, you know, small little chit chat. And we were like bonding over the fact that we had the same major. And she was asking me what I've done to set up my personal brand. And I was like, my personal what? Like, I I don't know. Like, I just exist in the world. And like, people should know who I am just by how I exist. Like, I haven't put much thought into myself as a brand. And so then she's like, oh, like, you should follow me on Instagram. And she's like telling me her life story. And I follow her on Instagram and she has like so many followers. Like I don't follow her anymore and you'll hear why in a second. But um, she had like followers where like there was a K next to the number, like thousands of followers. And I was like, wow, like that's so neat. I was like impressed. I was like, wow, go you girl boss, you know, grind. And so then she followed me. She's like, oh, is this you? And I know that she wasn't talking down to me. But in the moment, I was like, oh my God, she knows I don't belong here. She knows that I know nothing about social media. I've done nothing to set up my like personal brand, whatever that means. Like, I just do not belong. Like, I know nothing. And my my anxiety totally took over in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we follow each other on Instagram and then she never sat next to me again in that class. Didn't talk to me, unfollowed me. Like, I was just like not good enough for her. And so in my brain, I was like, wow, I'm not even good enough for this one random stranger in my class. How am I good enough to belong at the school? How do I know that I know anything? 
do I know anything? Should I be here? How did I get admitted to this college? Like, you know, I start going like down that like tunnel where I'm like self-doubt is like on high, but like, I do know things. Cause and, and you totally belonged in that school you got in. I mean, yeah, that's like how college works. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, uh, she shouldn't have been judging you, but at the, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to you, you did belong at that college. You go out in just like she got in and you know, you're both learning something or there to learn something. Right. But my brain was like, she knows so much more than you. She is so accomplished. You have done nothing. Why are you here? <laughs> you know? Oh, oh totally. And, and you know, and that's the imposter syndrome where, where you think, you know, so little and everyone else around, you knows everything and then you just but in reality everyone really knows the same little bit of information and they're just around you exactly and i think that it's also having that mindset of like hey you do belong here but since she she didn't make me feel this way right because no one can control i felt but i felt like oh i don't belong here because i was comparing myself to her and like comparison is totally like the thief of joy i was like oh wow i do not belong here which was false. Obviously it's just like my anxiety on like some serious hardcore stuff. But, but at the end of the day, like I did belong there, but in the moment it totally felt like I had no right being there. Oh, totally. You have every right to be there. And I've had similar experiences. Uh, I got uh, two quick stories here. Um, one we'll talk about work. We'll start with the, the, the boring story first. <laughs> um, I, through my experience working in marketing have come across uh, projects and clients of, uh, of every corporate background. Mm -hmm. And I was working with a, v a very large company uh, doing their advertising for them. And we had to go into a, a conference call with the executive team. Okay. And I got into this call, they introduced who I was and what I'd be talking about. And at, during that call, I was just looking at seeing who, you know, the attendance list and it was the CEO, the COO of the company, the vice president of marketing, and here I am. And even though they were there to listen to me and I had the experience to give them the advice, I felt like they were gonna think, uh, they're gonna find out that I'm a fraud, that I shouldn't be there, that I shouldn't, you know, even be doing this job. It was incredibly nerve wracking. But you had the knowledge, you were just invalidating yourself. I completely, I was completely invalidating myself. I, you know, questioned why I'm even doing that job. Maybe I should just go do something completely different. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that I had the knowledge or the know-how to be able to give this company advice. I mean, yeah. you know, they were turning over several hundred million dollars a year and I'm like, you want me to tell you on how to spend your advertising dollars? And they're like, I don't know that, but you totally did. How'd the meeting go? The meeting was great. At the end of the day, they were, it was very engaging. They listened to my advice and you know, the, the plan went like I suggested. Nice and, and smooth? Super smooth. Sounds like you know what you're doing. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is, imposter syndrome, live I, in action. <laughs> totally. Now, funny imposter syndrome story. A few years ago, I joined, uh, when I lived in Vancouver, mm -hmm. the Vancouver Club. Okay. And generally, the uh, the age group of the members is uh, older. 
um, or more experienced. I don't want to use the word old as, as a negative, but they're just We're more, not ageist here. Yeah, totally not. Disclaimer. <laughs> but they were just uh, people that uh, from very diverse, uh, well brought up backgrounds or high place, you know, you know, higher places than, than where, you know, I was at that time in life. But mm-hmm. I joined this this social club, the, the Vancouver club. Yeah. And I went in there for dinner. Uh, this was probably like four or five weeks after I had become a member and totally just like nervous about walking in there. And I walk in and, you know, I say, I've got a dinner reservation. And without even being prompted, the host was like, welcome, Mr. Delawari. And Knew exactly point, who you were. Uh, they knew exactly who I was. So bougie. I know. You're important. <laughs> I love it. The imposter syndrome kicked in hard. You're like, I how do like, you know me? Uh, what do you know about me? I, I know, how I know you anything know about me. I almost said, how do you know me? Right? And you I, let I, the nerves kick in. It, the nerves kicked in. I walked into a door and spilt water on myself. <laughs> Shut up. Yes. No. And I would start crying. I would have gone home. <laughs> that would have been it for me. But, you know, I, I felt like I didn't belong, that this, you know, this this club was above me, but it really wasn't. And everyone that's there is literally in, you know, in, in a different path in life, but kind of in the same spot. They're there to have dinner. They're there right. to have fun. And they're there to go play pool or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. But it was just like coming into that social environment, like That's overwhelmed you almost completely overwhelmed me yeah right? and that happens in the classroom you you know you go into a new class and you're just like i don't belong here I think that every single time I go into a new class it's like so dead like that's perfectly like yeah, yeah, that's it, the experience. And you, you know, you you think that you don't belong at the school, whether it's a community college, whether it's Harvard. You just you feel the the the, the nervousness that comes with walking into that. That setting spot, that, yeah. into that setting and to that spot it, it's it's hard it's unreal mm-hmm. and it's something uh that you know it goes undiagnosed and a lot of people don't even know the term i mean i didn't know the words imposter syndrome till like a year and a half ago yeah. i didn't know that's what it was i just had the feeling yeah it's just like that moment where you're like oh they're gonna know that i don't belong here i'm gonna get caught so this is the end but it, like what happens if you don't know all the answers just ask for someone's advice. Yeah, is that the end of the world? No, it's it not. It just isn't. And, and you know, I didn't know how to cope with it, so I just acted awkward when I was con- not even not even confronted, but just like when I was dealing with my thoughts, I was just it just became a really awkward situation, right? And then you have to cope with like fake it till you make it almost. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like coping with that or constantly questioning uh, myself whether. Um, I'm doing the right thing. Like it, it, it's, it's incredibly hard. It's really scary almost. Cause it's like imposter syndrome. I'm just like a little thing like, Oh, like this kind of affects my day. Like it literally like takes over you when you're like in the work environment. I feel like it does. And especially in the work environment, it, it can, you know, bring your work to a grinding halt at times. It can uh, make you question your work. It can uh, give you anxiety. You can, you know, you can get other things from it like you know you could get chronic anxiety chronic stress uh, you may not be able to sleep at night and the burnout becomes real it does and you know we need to do a better job in recognizing that this exists not only at the work environment but it exists 
in schools. It, you know, it quite likely starts younger, but, you know, I, I, and I don't know if there's any studies been, that have been done on, you know, younger school age children, whether they feel mm-hmm. this, but a, a recent study done of uh, over 3,000 professionals in the UK found that 67% of them had imposter syndrome. And I feel like there has to be like a way for us as a society to see that statistic and be like, wow, like this is a natural problem. How do we like prevent this from happening? Because I feel like having imposter syndrome does like take away from your work sometimes or your life existing. It it, it does. And, you know, it it makes you think, uh, again, the fear of failure. Uh, mm, my favorite it, yes uh, <laughs> uh can kick in a shame can kick in a um not clearly not belonging definitely kicks in mm-hmm. um or you may become to the point you know to a point where you're becoming overly perfectionist that your work has to be completely perfect and if it's not completely perfect it's not good enough it's not worth doing at all it becomes an all or nothing mindset yeah and, and you know, you, people will try to fight that uh, mentally and uh, really not have good success at it. Well, yeah, I feel like when it starts to take over your life, it's hard to think about anything else. And it's you get sidetracked almost from what you're dealing with, right? Like you're dealing with like, let's say a very important meeting and you mm-hmm. have to be like the expert at that meeting, but you're like, oh, I'm doubting myself. I don't know if I know any of this information you start focusing on like the, uh, speaking is hard, the anxiety that comes from that instead of the actual project at hand. Oh, totally. And, you know, it can cause, um, you know, a loss of productivity and it can also limit your career progression or mm-hmm. your progression in, um, you know, in an academic setting or the environment that you're in. And, yeah. and you know, your goals and your goals, but we have to realize that, you know, there are triggers to imposter syndrome. And I think one of the biggest, I guess, triggers out there is receiving criticism. And see, some people may assume that that means that you don't belong. Oh, I hate criticism. Criticism hurts. Criticism hurts. And, you know, we have to teach our younger generation and people that are experiencing imposter syndrome now that criticism isn't bad. It isn't. You just need to re reframe it. You know, we, yeah. were, we were talking about reframing fear, but you got to reframe criticism. criticism and turn it into something of a positive. Yeah. Something that you can work with that doesn't feel like a punishment almost. Because I think that with criticism comes like this guilt of I'm not doing things right. I'm embarrassed. I can't function because of this like giant guilt that's on your shoulders because you're not doing the job right. Oh, totally. And part of that, you know, could potentially be that you don't understand what's expected of you Mm -hmm. and uh, what you're supposed to be doing. And that could be taken care of with proper training or um, in an academic setting. A good rubric. A a good rubric, Mm -hmm. clear directions. um, Or, and, you know, you know, explaining the industry lingo. If you're in a news writing class, you may end up believing that you should already know everything and be the expert and be able to hit the ground running and compare yourself to other students or the professors that may potentially know more about the topic at hand. Yeah, and I also think that there's nothing wrong with being surrounded by people that do know more than you. 
Because at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone that knows more than you, right? There's always going to be someone that's better than you, no matter like who you are. Yeah, totally. But it also gives us an opportunity to ask questions, uh, learn from our peers, um, pick up a mentor or two in the space um, and educate ourselves. Uh, you know, education yeah. is one of the ways to fight off um, imposter syndrome. And really let yourself grow. And we're all about growth here. Definitely. We're definitely all about growth. And that's one of the things is if you ever find yourself in a situation that you've gotten into where you may not necessarily have the know-how about it, you know, at that point, it's it's a good point time to maybe educate yourself or um, start reading up on industry you know, papers or books or watching YouTube videos. Oh, most definitely. And I also think that when you're surrounded by people that seem more knowledgeable in the field that you were going into, you tend to forget that you also have a lot of knowledge that might not be directly involved in that field, but could really change the game in that field if you shared it with someone who does have the knowledge that you're searching for. And you bring up a great point there, Nicole. There is always going to be a diverse set of opinions and you, what you bring to the table, whether it's in a classroom or in a boardroom or on a soccer team or in cheerleading is, is a different perspective. Yeah. Right. You have one way of doing things and someone else may have a different way of doing things or collectively someone knows different roles or different things. So that's you know important to realize when you're in a situation that's new to you that you are bringing something to that table yeah and i think that being in a group and finding ways to work together because of all that diversity that's at the table really can make something that's powerful and really dream work really does make the team work and i think that that can really cure some imposter syndrome i completely agree um that also brings me to a point where you know ask for as much as help as you need in the situation and don't let it manifest into something much bigger than it really isn't. Yeah, and you have to remember that this is gonna sound kind of messed up, but you have to remember that like not everyone is judging you as hard as you are judging yourself. At the end of the day, like no one is thinking about you as much as you think about yourself because they're dealing with their own problems and their own maybe even imposter syndrome. Like you just don't know. So you got to like leave that judgment of yourself at the door if you do want to grow. Now, when we're looking at imposter syndrome, we've really covered the two initial types, the perfectionist and the expert type, uh, basically imposter syndrome, not levels, but classifications. And then there's the rugged individual, the soloist, the one that doesn't like to ask for help. Miss Independent. Totally. Um, now these are the type of people that'll uh, basically hold the, the, the weight, of, weight of the problem on their shoulders and really never speak about imposter syndrome or uh, discuss the fact that they even uh, have those feelings. It, yeah, yeah ha have those They're feelings. hiding. Totally. And, you know, and I think that can lead to other uh, mental health issues. It can lead to other types of crises as well. Um, it can definitely lead to uh, procrastination that you may not even know that you're, why it's being caused. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to like the solarist, I feel like I tend to overbook myself because I'm like, I'm such a girl boss. I can do it all on my own. I don't need help. 
But it does become overwhelming and it does lead to burnout and it's just not a healthy lifestyle. Uh, definitely not. And you know, I'm I'm guilty of being that type of a person where I don't uh, ask for help or um, I will keep all of that inside of me and it becomes uh, at that point it becomes anxiety it'll it, it's it's led to me being stressed um, you know i've had sleepless sleepless nights because of it and i have to check myself and just right. be like no i can't i can't keep. do it all on my own it brings you back down to uh, the ground level uh, to be honest and that's not a bad spot to be in yeah it really humbles you and reminds you that it's okay to lean on others absolutely it's not a weakness uh, not at all and uh, it should never be considered a weakness if you're asking for help or you're looking at a coach or you're you know wanting to better yourself yeah no for sure uh totally um then there is the can do attitude we can do it um the, you know these are the t this is an imposter syndrome when you really are pushing your limits and pushing yourself to extreme limits and you know i i'll admit i've felt the need to try to prove myself in situations mm -hmm. i've gone into a situation where i felt that i could exceed um or sorry i, I felt that i didn't belong and I had to push myself to belong yeah it's almost like you're so in your head about belonging that you're like I'm gonna do the most I'm gonna be super extra in this field and I'm going to make sure that not only am I as good as everyone around me but I'm even better kind of mindset oh totally or you have self-doubt that can put you into those type of situations Definitely. which uh you know is not a a good mental space to be in. yeah it's not a great place to be in no one likes to feel bad about themselves at least oh i don't think so <laughs> I, mean, I don't know but personally oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um it's interesting when we're we're talking about um imposter syndrome and looking at the uh, industries that it really affects mm -hmm. uh, the creative and the arts and design and writing is the number one industry Almost 87% of respondents recently in that industry said that they suffered from imposter syndrome. Wow. I'm almost speechless. I'm not surprised, but like I kind of am almost. You know, and, and it's looking at us like we're, we're doing this podcast, you know, I coming up to our first recording session when we, you know, in the back of my mind, it was like, do I even belong here? Am mm -hmm. I even good enough to do this yeah and we also had a conversation when we were first like drafting the podcast i was like what am i even gonna talk about i don't know anything who's gonna come to me for any advice or want to hear my opinions or hear me speak i was also like that in our radio class in college mm -hmm. where i was like i like felt so awkward because i was like i have nothing to bring to the table like that was my mindset was like i I have a lot of anxiety. I'm not like a smooth talker, at least in my head, I'm not, right? And so I was always so anxious going to that class, not because I didn't love that class. It was one of my favorites I've ever had, but because in my brain, I didn't feel like I belonged there because I knew nothing about that industry. I knew nothing about how to properly talk. I've never taken like a speech class. And to me, like that's what podcasting and radio is. Like I'm directly talking. But you come to a point where like 
you kind of have to fake it till you make it. And the more that we have like started making episodes, I mean, it's only our third one. It's only my third day out here. Um, you just like, you start to get more comfortable. And now I feel like I kind of understand what I'm doing. I mean, not perfectly because I have a lot of mental issues, but it becomes like a process. That's what it is. It is a process. And it's, it's you know, that process is not meant to uh, be changed in any way. It, it doesn't need to be sped up. Everyone deals with uh, situations in their own way. And, yep. you know, th- there's no judgment on that. If it takes you one day to figure it out, or if it takes you one month to figure it out, or whatever that time might, may be, mm-hmm. you shouldn't hold that against you. You yeah. do belong in that situation. And, you know, you'll, you'll fit you'll fit basically you will start to fit into what you want to be want to be right yeah um and and that's one of the things about you know fighting imposter syndrome is recognizing that you will be able to achieve that yeah and i think that when we talk about the five types of imposter syndrome you'll start to notice that there is like this overwhelming theme of self-doubt and low self-esteem and there's a lot of ways to deal with that and to overcome it Exactly. And, and, you know, the the wide variety of ways that you can certainly overcome it and um, fighting that self-doubt, there are many ways to do it. And one of the one of the most, I think, effective ways is positive affirmations. Oh, for sure. I think it's either there's so many ways to do affirmations. I love affirmations. I do them every day. They make me feel great. I feel like my self-esteem has definitely improved since I started doing them in January. But I think that like either writing it down and being like, here's why I'm good enough for the things that I want. Here's why I belong in the places I do. And really like saying it with your whole chest, looking yourself in the mirror, like confidently being like, I belong here because I am good enough. Repeating it like a mantra really does wonders for your brain because the more you say it, the more you believe it. Oh, totally. And one of the things that I like to do with positive affirmations and just looking into the future, I'll, you know, if I want to accomplish something, I will be like, I have done this. Uh, I can podcast. I will release a podcast or I can be successful in this class. I will be successful in this class. And when you transition that into a workplace role, I will be successful at this job or I am successful at this job. Overall, you're just successful. Exactly. It's having that present tense mindset. I think that really helps is like, I am successful. Don't I sound so successful when I say that? Exactly. I sound so confident. Like, yeah. Totally. Like, what's your secret, girl boss? You drink <laughs> green juice or what? <laughs> that becomes like the vibe. But it, it, it helps. It does wonders. It, it does. And when you're doing these, um, you know, affirmations, what I think it really does help me is just separating um, what's basically made up in my mind from what's an actual fact Mm -hmm. so if i if it's a work thing the fact is i can do this and i have done this and i will do this Mm -hmm. and taking away the doubt yeah and just being like nope nope you're 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 not coming with me to work today sorry And, and only you know writing only writing the positive and showing off the positive is the best way to counteract those initial feelings of imposter syndrome One of the other ways of fighting imposter syndrome, and I think a lot of people don't practice this, is breaking the silence about it. 
you know, they're going to go to all go through life and go through their life situations, feeling those feelings, but never vocalizing them. Yeah, I think that people tend to get stuck and they don't realize that most people around them are feeling this way. I remember when I dropped out of college, I was I wasn't super vocal about it because I was embarrassed because I have really bad um, fear of failure. But after a while, like when I was talking to close friends, I was like, yeah, like I went through this situation. I like it didn't go well. I felt like an imposter the whole time. And everyone's like, wait, 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 wait. You felt like you didn't belong. I feel like that. I'm like, wait, worm, you feel like that? Like for real? And it'd be like, it opens this conversation of like vulnerability where like you can be honest about not feeling like you belong somewhere because almost everyone has felt that way. Exactly. And once you break that silence, you're going to really honestly find everyone around you is likely feeling the exact same way. We're all faking it. Exactly. But like you look around at all these people that are surrounding you and you're like, they are so smart. They're so knowledgeable, but they could be sitting there like being like, yeah, I know nothing. I got nothing up here. Nope. Nothing. Like it's just not happening for my brain. Oh, totally. And after you vocalize it and, you know, you started uh, talking to your friends and they've expressed that they feel the same way, you're going to get a sense of belonging. Oh, yeah. And the conversations become so raw and so vulnerable that like, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm not alone. And that is so freeing to think about. It it totally is. It's also, uh, you know, fosters confidence Mm -hmm. and uh, helps you become more confident in whatever task you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I think it also lets you have this like, realistic mindset that like you're not the only one struggling with it and so then you stop caring as much about what others think of you and like if they're gonna find you out that you're not the best person ever you know Uh, exactly and this also kind of leads back to uh, the topic that we were talking about last week which was uh, a fear of uh, failure Mm -hmm. and a fear of failure will uh, inevitably at some point I guess, accentuate your imposter or a person's imposter syndrome and one of our listeners' imposter syndromes. It could Mm -hmm. uh, basically heighten that quite a bit, but it's just an opportunity to improve yourself. Yeah. That is at the end of the day, the one thing that we all need to remember, I need to remember it, that it is an opportunity to fix whatever is wrong. Yeah. And it comes back to what we're talking about earlier about criticism. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, criticism is just a way to redirect you to your goals to become that person that your imposter syndrome wants you to be exactly does that make sense that does okay yeah totally. i'm like okay see imposter syndrome I'm like am i even making sense is anyone <laughs> anyone listening to me is there something up there because in is. my brain i don't think there is anything up there there is yay yay <laughs> No, uh, you know, recognizing uh, that you bring value to the table is also going to help. And it's like a superpower. Once you realize that you belong at that table, the Mm -hmm. confidence just like will naturally just flow out of you. Exactly. And when you, you know, when you're sitting at that boardroom table, you've told them that, hey, I feel like I'm a fraud at this table because Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I belong. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the company CEO is telling you that, oh, I feel that way. I don't belong. Yeah. yeah, Or that professor is telling you, I'm completely out of my element. I don't know what I'm even doing here. Mm -hmm. It's going to bring you closer. And it makes the energy in the room so much more open because we're all feeling the same way. 
Totally. And it gives everyone, you know, in that room, regardless of what the situation is, an ability to remind themselves what they are good at. Mm -hmm. And it brings an opportunity to bring like just this positive energy to a table that's going to make the collaborative society better. Totally. Totally. And just as we're talking about improving ourselves with, from imposter syndrome and or, or how to improve or not necessarily cure it, but how to minimize the uh, impact of it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I find really helpful, and this was a, a, a great idea that I discovered um, on a investing website, is to talk about what you have accomplished. So your mm-hmm. I did statements. And sitting down, spending, you know, 15, 20 minutes at your desk just writing down 15 or 20 things that you have done. Yeah, all your accomplishments. Totally. And those are things that people can't take away from you. No, because they already happened. Exactly. And those are are things that you bring to the table to deliver value. And it shows that you are more of an expert in existing than you would have ever thought. It kind of feels silly doing it in the moment. And same with affirmations in general. I always feel like a small child when I do it. I feel so silly, but I always put on like empowering music while I Mm -hmm. do it. Like, it's a it's a whole moment. Yeah. Um. You'd think I'm like in a like di- Disney like 2010s like rom com, <laughs> but I think that when you do it, you feel so powerful afterwards because you're like, wow, like I've done so much. It feels like I've done so little, but when I'm looking at it on paper, I've done the most. I know what I'm doing, and I bring so much value to that table. Exactly. And, you know, another thing that I think does ultimately help me fight imposter syndrome is taking five minutes in the morning to just, you know, meditate and just uh, think about what I'm going to do that day and just be myself. And it also gives you an opportunity to find out what you're not good at. Mm -hmm. And that's going to help you with that imposter syndrome. And at that point, you know, you can invest into reading or you can invest into learning the skill that you're you're not 100% at. And it's okay to not know everything. That's the, the, the biggest takeaway. And if, if the only thing that you take away from this uh, talk that we're having is that it's okay to not know everything. Because it's impossible to know everything. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that I find that uh, helps is to check your thoughts. Uh, when you are feeling the desire for, or not, when you are feeling that imposter syndrome is about to kick in, or you're getting those feelings that you're a, a failure, or you think you're a fraud at this, that's when you know you should check yourself and just yeah. be like, "No, I belong here. Mm-hmm. I earned the right to be in this situation." Yeah, it's like you go through like a little checklist of validating your existence in the room. Totally. Totally. Um, And that is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with, you know, being able to do that, I think, you know, we talked about feedback previously, or or we recently talked about constructive criticism. And I think asking for feedback will help you fight off those feelings of imposter syndrome. Yeah, I think it doesn't hurt to ask, how can I be doing things better? Because that's pushing yourself to grow. It is. And one of the things that I found really uh, helpful in uh, pushing myself to grow is having a strong uh, network of friends and supporters 
uh, around me. Uh, whether Definitely. that be, uh, you know, professionally uh, having uh, colleagues that, are, that know things that I don't know mm-hmm. um, or having experiences that I, that I haven't had and frankly won't be having just because everyone is completely different. Right. And then also having colleagues and, and friends that are much more experienced mm-hmm. in, in a particular thing. Uh, that definitely does help. Yeah, and I think that when it comes to having a good group of networks or friends or colleagues or whatever you want to refer to them as, pals, buddies, um, I think that it's important that you're surrounding yourself with people that are uplifting you and pushing you to grow. Because I think that really does add value to your life and it does kind of like, and almost like your friends are like, all holding hands and like punching your imposter syndrome really hard in the stomach and they they throw up the imposter syndrome is the thrower upper in case that wasn't a clear (laughs) metaphor but I think that having that good network of friends that are pushing you and helping you learn and teaching you and calling you out on what you don't know really does add value to fighting off imposter syndrome Uh, totally And, and it goes back to don't be afraid to ask for advice or don't be afraid to ask for help and also recognize when you're having those feelings of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and when they are invalid because sometimes you aren't the master and you're gonna feel wrong but it's fighting off that fear of being caught because there's nothing wrong with not knowing everything and there's nothing wrong with failing quote-unquote or not doing well totally and you know you shouldn't question yourself at the end of the day you know, go with your gut. If you don't know it, don't know a topic or don't know a subject, be vocal about it. Yeah. Hey, I don't know this. I just don't get it. Like, can you help me out? Yeah, and don't be afraid to speak out. Totally. And, you know, you may get some harsh criticism or some harsh feedback, but that's an opportunity to grow. Yes. And I also think that criticism is not a reflection of your character. Not at all. It, it never should be considered as a reflection of your character. It's an, an opportunity to uh, improve. But along with getting constructive criticism from your peers or your supervisors or your coaches or your professional network, you should also keep a record of positive feedback. Yes, all the praise and approval because it will come if you follow the criticism just right. Exactly. You are going to get that positive feedback and the time to dig out that positive feedback is when you are not feeling totally perfect. Because you do these things right, even if you forget about it. Maybe making a list of that might also might help. Totally. Exactly. It's like, like <laughs> you know, when like you're in elementary school, this might be just a me thing, yeah. but um, they used to have like student of the week at my elementary school and we get like little ribbons if you're the student of the week. And um, personally, that meant a lot to me as a child. And maybe that's why I have such bad imposter syndrome because like now I'm like, I can never do anything wrong now that I've been student of the week once. But um, it's like hanging up that student of the week ribbon Mm -hmm. and being like, wow, I have done things right. Because I personally still have it hung up in my house. It was third grade. I'm now in college, but it helps. It does. I remember as a child, we had that 
as well at our elementary school. And it was like each class had their, you know, student of the week and the biggest flex, a bit, huge flex in, <laughs> in elementary school. And your picture would go up and they'd do a little blurb about you and you get your name in the announcements mm-hmm. and you felt good. Yeah. It's like the same energy as like employee of the month. Speaking of employee of the month, when am I going to be employee of the month at CES podcast? You are always the employee of the month. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So let's come full circle on imposter syndrome. We know you feel it, we feel it, and we want to help you be your best self. So let's, Nicole, looking at uh, ways that we can basically fight imposter syndrome, what would be some advice that you could give our listeners? Definitely using the affirmation method. I live by it. I literally think it's like my personal Bible, letting myself know that I am worthy enough of being in the room where it happens. Awesome. You are worthy. Thank you. You're worthy too, bestie. Uh, and the other thing uh, I would suggest is visualize success. And, you know, some people may make fun of mood boards, but I think they are one of the best things to do. Nobody loves a good mood board like I do. I live for it. Pinterest is my favorite app. Our podcast has a Pinterest. This is self-promo. Um where we have different mood boards. We have a fitness mood board. We have a outfit mood board. We have a podcast mood board if anyone's trying to start a podcast because it's nice to get inspired. And we have another one. But whatever it is, I can't think of it. So regardless, check us out on Pinterest at the CES podcast. Look at those uh, mood boards. Get inspired. Totally. I, I challenge you if you are feeling imposter syndrome to go make a mood board and visualize your success and visualize what you want to do uh, in life. And also don't be afraid to reward yourself along the way. Yeah. And I also think that if you do make a mood board, you should totally tag us. Totally. I'm always looking for inspo. (laughs) I'll share mine if you share yours. Excellent. And also uh, the I did statements. I think they will help you in uh, achieving whatever success that you are trying to achieve and also will help you in uh, fighting your imposter syndrome. And also fake it till you make it. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. Next week's episode, we're going to be talking about the greater fool and are we greater fools? I'm intrigued. It's going to be good, guys. Come back. Thanks for joining us, CES fam. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) This podcast has been a production of the Collective Experiences Society. Find us online at thecespodcast.com and on all your social media platforms at the CES podcast.